Welcome. I'm Jason Ball, President and CEO of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. And I am thrilled to welcome everyone to our new platform for getting messages and information out. We're recording today here at the Lincoln Chamber offices in the AOI studio. And I am joined today uh, by Alex Perlstein. He's one of the principals with Broad Ripple Strategies. He and along with his partner, Matt DeVoe, and their additional consulting partner, Bill Geist with DMO Pros, are leading our economic development strategic plan right now. It's August 9th on 2022. Uh, please check back for updates on our website at lcoc.com. And Alex, welcome to the AOI studio. Thank you for being Glad part be of our here. chamber here. And go to the chamber website. You can take the survey. That's right. We'll, we'll talk about okay. the survey I'm more sorry too. I jumped the gun. I love, no, no, but we're, we're leading in with that. So we've had a day here of uh, strategic planning. Uh, we're going to be reaching out to over 200 people between today's activity and tomorrow's activity. You've been in conversations all day. I can only imagine your throat's pretty sore right now. Yeah, um, you provided us with lifesavers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and jump into the the, the survey itself? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're we're touching a few people here, but we're a community of 330,000 in the in the MSA. Um, tell folks about why we go, go through the process of doing a survey. How important is that to, yeah. to this process? I think it's critically important because these plans, when they are effective, the strategic plans, it's when they sort of resonate with the community. When mm -hmm. you can say that the challenges that were identified, the opportunities, ultimately the strategies, really came from community perspectives. Mm -hmm. And the best way to defensively say that these solutions were community driven is to be able to both point to the people that you met with face to face mm -hmm. and the interviews. And I've had a number of people already in interviews say you're talking to the right people. Yeah. And we've had we're going to have, I think, upwards of 20 focus groups between Broad Ripple Strategies and DMO Pros. Yeah. Um, so that face to face interaction is super important. But there's only so many people you can talk to face to face. Yep. And this provides the opportunity for anyone who's got an opinion on Lincoln, its present, its future, its opportunities, its vision to say their piece. Yeah. And, um, you know, to, to have a survey and, and say, well, 200 people, you know, weighed in and commented on what they, you know, envisioned for Lincoln's future versus, hey, four or 5,000 people answered these questions. And, and we have some sort of what you call skip logic. So if you are a young professional, it'll take you to a couple specific questions. Mm -hmm. If you say you're an entrepreneur, it'll take you to a couple specific questions. If you say you're a college student, it will take you to a couple specific questions. So uh, we're able to really um, drill down to issues or opportunities that are specific to these, these particular groups. We can uh, cross tab any of the results and say, you know, people who earn between 25 and 50,000 think this about Lincoln. And so it just adds to the sort of raw material that makes us feel comfortable that these really are issues, challenges that people across the community have identified and shared. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not just sort of this niche or this fringe group or perspective that has compelled us to say this is a, a strategic priority, mm -hmm. but it really has been a clear theme that's emerged from all the different ways we're trying to engage with people. Alex, you've been doing this for a while now. How many years have you been helping communities do strategic planning? Um, May 2023, it will be 20 years. Wow. And in, in that time, how many communities do you think you've touched? 
um, I kind of counted it up as we were, you know, Broad Ripple. We've we've been in this industry for a long time, but our company itself is a little over a year old. So when we were putting together sort of our website and, and our marketing around Broad Ripple, I tried to count it up. I think it's upwards of 40 or 50 communities and 60 processes or, or yeah. 70 processes. So a number of places um, were multiple engagements in Austin, Texas. I worked on Opportunity Austin 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. and 1.5, 2.5, and 3.5. So yep. five engagements in Austin. And so that's where it's interesting to come back and, and see a community that is at various points in their cycle of implementation yep. to get a sense for what they've really worked on, what the community has grasped onto as the most exciting sort of opportunities. Yep. That sort of informed why we called our company Broad Ripple Strategies because you know we would be in so many steering committee meetings where they would say, what are the big rocks that are going to cause the broadest ripples? Yeah. And so we, we have sort of structured our process around trying to identify what are those priorities that the communities seem to really grasp onto when they implement plans. Now, I, I want to, uh, since you mentioned Austin, and I've come out of the Austin mm-hmm. Metro uh, recently, uh, having been in the Brown Rock Chamber here for a couple of years, I think it's important to remind folks, Austin, uh, when they did Opportunity Austin, they were in a very different position. Now, we look at them today so aspirationally, and there's yeah. some amazing things happening there, but it wasn't like that when you did Opportunity Austin the first time, right? It was my very first uh, project in Market Street. Yeah. So it was yeah. 2003. Uh, around May when I started, they, they said, welcome to Market Street. You're doing Austin. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it wasn't even Opportunity Austin at that point. It was the Austin, uh, Texas Economic Development Strategy. Yeah. And yeah, so they the reason that um, they felt the impetus to, to even have the process was that they were starting to lose net positive migration for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. Their per capita income uh, went down for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. They lost thousands of uh, semiconductor manufacturing jobs mm-hmm. overseas that paid about 46000 a job, and this is in 2003. Yeah. And um, the Real Estate Council of Austin was kind of like, hey, demand is, is dropping. Uh, there was a shell of a building in downtown Austin that had been partially constructed, but they, they ran out of funding. And it was yeah. sort of like this um, metaphor for, you know, <laughs> we are we had had all this activity, but now it's sort of dried up. Yeah. And so it was the Real Estate Council of Austin that funded the first process yeah. because they're like, we don't have a plan. Economic development staff, there was one person at the Austin Chamber. If you clicked on the economic development tab on the Chamber's website, it said under construction for five years. <laughs> Because they didn't need jobs. Every new job was cannibalizing an existing position. Um, But they realized when it it came to be a crisis that they didn't have a plan. So ever since, subsequently, it's been the very first process was just announcing that Austin wanted jobs that were doing economic development again. And then they subsequently sort of ramped up the ambition ever since. And yeah, now to the point where they, you know, were one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing regions in America, job growth. They got Elon Musk. Someone earlier today said, we should try to get Elon Musk here. Yeah. We'll see <laughs> that pans out. But And it's interesting coming back for the last one and, and all that growth and, and all that change and, and sort of some of the impacts of that related to housing, related to traffic, and some people saying, do we really need to step on the gas as aggressively as we have been this whole time? Mm-hmm. And some people piped up and said, I remember back in 2003. Yeah. 
And I remember before the, the bubble burst and people saying, do we really need to, you know, be this aggressive because we're doing OK? Yeah. And so that's always sort of the lesson. And then when you've got that perspective of what happens when you take something for granted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always call back on why it's important to always think about what's next and always think about how can we be better and what's the next level. Uh, because as soon as you, you sort of slow down or pause, everyone who's been gunning for you can go right jump by. right out. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Alex, just just real quick, what are some of your early observations? I know it's early days yet, but what are some of your early observations about Lincoln? Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 interesting, the Austin model and that first process where, where they were just like, we have to build sort of just the capacity to be able to market ourselves. And we have to essentially start from scratch again and create building blocks of economic development programming and talent mm-hmm. programming. Here, not only from sort of the operational capacity standpoint and all that you've got going on here mm-hmm. at the chamber, at the partnership, but um, the work that's been done in the last number of years to really enhance the the amenities and the opportunities to live and work in downtown Lincoln mm-hmm. and just seeing all the new buildings and historic buildings that have been repurposed and the cranes that are in the air and having just the core assets of, of state capital, of the university, of, of sort of the anchor employers that you have here. Mm-hmm. Just, I think you're able to start in this different place and to think about what is sort of, you know, aspirational. Yeah. Um, what can we really reach for that maybe if we were in a different position and we were just trying to build some of the assets that we already have, yeah. that would have been the focus. Um, and I think just the fact that it's you're sort of a hidden gem in some mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. that if you're in the community and you see what's going on and you see sort of the vitality of some of the public spaces and hear people talking about it that notion of this could really be a place that gets to that next level if um, there was a broader understanding of you know what it's like to live here to work here to raise a family here competitive schools etc so i think just that excitement around having that conversation yeah. about what can be next what can we really sort of get excited about and how can we tell that story about why we're the place that you want to be? Yeah. Uh, I think is some of the initial conversations, but learning more every everybody I talk to. And so I think it'll be interesting when we start to distill what we heard and think about priorities and then ultimately strategies, what our steering committee sort of tells us is most important. Yeah. Alex, thank you. We're, that's our time for today. And so I'm just going to remind everyone, please go to lcoc.com. You can take, again, our economic vitality strategy there. We're recording this on August 9th. So look for more updates at lcoc.com about this process and other activities of the Chamber, the CVB, and the Lincoln Partnership uh, for Economic Development. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for being part of our story and for joining us today at the AOI studio at the Lincoln Chamber. Very much. I appreciate the coffee, too.